Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f we want. Welcome back to the Kinjas Podcast Movement in the Shadows. We're your host, Ben. I am also here, Charles. And you got Mike Fowl. And we got a we got a special uh, guest host, co-host, or just Anthony. <laughs> thanks, thanks for introducing me. This is Anthony, Anthony Lee is here, guys. That's pretty good. You know? All right, guys. So, um, as always, always have amazing people in the house. So, um, man, I'm really stoked for this because I'm a really big fan, bro. And so I'm trying not to fan out right now. So, um, But let me try to do this intro. All right. Uh, his music has been featured on ABC, NBC, NPR, PBS. Uh, toured over 200 universities around the globe. Performed at Sundance Film Festival and the it's Pentagon. So embarrassing, man. No, nah, man, this is good. Yeah, yeah, keep embarrassing his ass. Hey, this is good. At the end of the day, height and weight and eye color in there too. <laughs> at the end of the day, if you don't want this, you shouldn't put this on your I website, know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the NPR, CBN shit. Just, I'm like, oh, hey, man, we get it, man. We know why it has to be up there. We can make website edits right now. Yeah. Japanese by ethnicity, raised by way of Durham, North Carolina. Durham. A poet, a lyricist, an MC. Ladies and gentlemen, we got G Yamazawa in the pod. Son. Yeah. Man, yo, thanks for coming through, man. This is really cool to that you came out here, bro. I'll begin actually by saying I feel very underqualified to be here. No. I look up to y'all. Y'all are amazing. Thank y'all for having me in the dojo. It's an honor to be here, man. And uh yeah. Okay, well, forget my no. I'm going to say yes and thank you. That, that's amazing. Well, yeah, I'm sure, extremely sure. overqualified <laughs> to uh, be here. That's Anthony Lee. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is really cool. So, I mean, yeah, so we call this thing uh, the movement in the shadows, right? So that's one of our sayings. That's kind of one of our uh, mantras, so to speak. And uh, the meaning behind that is, is it's like the hustle that um, people don't see through uh, social media, um, you're not going to get that even by Wikipedia looking you up. You know, this is your life um, in terms of what it is uh, and why you do what you do to, you know, like the full story. And, and you know, we were talking a little bit outside. Um, you, you normally don't get those things in an interview. And, um, and, and honestly, I don't know. I personally don't like interviews, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I like having conversations and connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is not just for dancers. This is literally people that we feel are movers and shakers and, uh, people that we're inspired by, um, and we know that you have um, you have a reach and an influence, and so simply just a place where we where we can talk and learn from each other. So that's really it, man. Um, let, let me talk about qualified real quick. For get it, bro. Second qualified, spell with a K. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can spell. Um, you know, uh, I I think that's a, a funny thing because uh, like sometimes people ask us like. Um, like oh yo how can I how can I be on like Kinjas hmm. right you know what I mean like what do I got to do do I got to move out there do I got to like be this level of dancer do I have to have this many followers or or, or this type of skill or, or or do I have to be Asian or whatever you know what I mean that's <laughs> why we got our token black and white guys shout hey. out Noah shout out Phil thanks guys um, but truth is uh, truth is I think um, the qualities of a person are what qualify them right um, this connection specifically uh, for everybody who doesn't know. Uh, I, I got a really close friend, Yoko. Hey, shout, shout out, out Yoko. Yoko. We miss you, Yoko. All of us are, are good come friends back to with Cali. her. Yeah, she should come back to Cali. <laughs> Anyways, um, and uh, she was uh, the director of Culture Shock Los Angeles while I was 
uh, also a co-director artistically, uh, and she's an amazing person. I learned so much from her, one of the best, greatest human beings. I know everybody can stand by that. Uh, and she had hit me up one day, and she was like, yo, like, you gotta, you gotta listen to George Yamazawa Jr., and I'm like, okay. like You just use my government name, bro. Yeah. <laughs> she don't really do that to me. Though. She doesn't really ever like go out of her way to like show me like an artist or, or this or be like, you know, like I feel like you would be connected to this. She doesn't really do that. She'll do other things like, I hope you're having a great life right now. And I just want to make sure that you have a bunch of positive energy and that you're happy. You know what I mean? Um but of course, uh, to get something so so rare from somebody like her was like, okay, I, I gotta listen to this, right? Um, she's like, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's a really, really, really just good person, uh, but an amazing artist. And I, I feel like she, she, you know, as she always does, she leads with like the good person. So that immediately like snaps right into like, okay, like my ears are open, my eyes are open, my heart is open um, to to whatever because I trust her. Uh, and, and that's what friendship is about, right? So uh, I think when we talk about qualify, it doesn't matter what anybody comes in here, like whether they have or have not done or been somewhere, right. but more so of like, man, if, if family vouches for family, then like the, it's all family. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like that's why you're here. That means a lot. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. Shout wow. out to Yoko. Hell yeah. yeah. Shout out to Yoko. How do you know Yoko? From the Buddhist community, actually. Okay. Um, so I practiced SGI, Nichiren Buddhism, since I was a kid. And uh, she was in the same class, um, uh, graduating class from Soka University <clears throat> in OC as my sister. Okay. So I met Yoko probably when I was like 12, maybe 13. Whoa. You know, and, and, uh, and I know uh, her husband very well too, Jerry. Okay. Um, and so I haven't met the little one. Miyuki, yeah, right? Uh, is that yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, Shout out to the little one. Yeah, I have a kid. <laughs> and so, so, yeah. So, up, long time man. kind of family friend. Okay. Yeah. So, you're out here in Cali now. How long you been out here for? About three years. Three years? Yeah. So from from Durham to here, is that what it was? No, so I actually lived in D.C. for three years. Okay. Give, yeah, give us your quick story. Yeah, yeah. Run it Born down. and raised in Durham, North Carolina. Um, also grew up in Pittsburgh, Channel County, kind of rural North Carolina. Um, left Carolina when I was 21. Moved to D.C. for three years. Um, very formative time in my life, for sure. And uh, been doing poetry full-time since I was 21, 22. Whoa. Um, so I was touring the college. What, what does that mean? What, yeah, dude. So I'll tell people that shit, time. and they'll yeah. just look at me like, <laughs> like fuck. Like, how do you do that? So the poetry community, long story short, is a gang of grassroots communities all over the country, yeah. right? And they have their small local shows and weekly or monthly open mics. And I first started touring that community by doing slams and doing national competitions. Mm -hmm. And when you do well, you just connect with other folks and you say, hey, Anthony, I got, you know, he got a show out in East LA at this, this month, this day. And then, you know, you sort of build your own tour and just kind of mm -hmm. travel grassroots and coffee shops and bars and, and clubs and shit and get paid 50 bucks a show and you try to sell <laughs> CDs. You. you know what I mean? Yeah. So did that run heavy. And then um, kind of just started making my way towards doing college touring. So there's different college touring, um, booking activities, like conferences that you can showcase at. Um, but, but how were people hearing about you? So you you apply for these showcases. And so a lot of amateur performers, like magicians, musicians, um, comedians, and, and folks like that will roll through these circuits to try to get booked. So you'll try to get a showcase, then you'll showcase in front of a gang of student activities boards, depending on what region or if it's a national conference and then if they like you they say hey we got this budget we like you we want to book you and then 
it's a very transactional field though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, market. Yeah. It's not a it's not like a growing your brand or your your audience kind of field. It's a very like fill this quota, you know, we need this diverse poet, you know, in this semester and then mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. gee, this guy let's let's have him. And then you come, you do a 60-minute set in front of, you know, it could be 100 kids, it could be 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they don't they don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. They're just like <laughs> they're just there cuz they might get extra credit or whatever. Yeah. It's a it's a tough market for sure. It's really difficult, but um it pays well, pays the bills. It allows you to sort of take um what's such a, a underground grassroots, you know, genre like poetry and spoken word into a professional field. It allows you to you know, just become a professional, man. And so that's how I learned how to stay on stage for 60 minutes at a time. That's how I learned how to how to travel. You know, we all have our different, mm-hmm. you know, things that we need when we travel. And we all have different low points that we get to when we travel by ourselves. So that was a very formative time in my life for sure. And I still do college shows here and there. But in the last three years, um, I moved to L.A. Um, and realized that, like, you know, rap was actually always my dream, man. And I always I was always too scared to chase it. And it just didn't feel right. And then after spending so much time in poetry and really developing my voice, I think I realized, like, shit, bro, I, I can rap, bro. Like, yeah, know, I need to, yeah, I need yeah, to try. Yeah, I need to rap, at least, you know, yeah. since I was a kid, I've been rapping, so I kind of wanted yeah. to honor that. So, <laughs> what I mean, what about poetry was something that you felt like as a kid you wanted to get into it? Um, I didn't want, you know, I never wanted to. I always hated poetry, as most kids do, because, sure. because it's taught in a very exclusive academic form. It's not accessible especially to kids of color. And um, it was, I was ninth grade and a, a teaching artist came in and brought Pox a Rose that grew from concrete and kind of for the first time drew a line between hip hop and poetry. Sure. Um, and uh, I'd say when I was 17 and really found the poetry community, it was like slams are the competitions. Yeah. So slams are what allowed me to say, hey, I'm still going to chop all y'all's heads off. Hmm. <laughs> but I'm going to write a poem about my... I'm going to do it with a poem about my grandma. Right? And I'm going to do it with a poem yeah. about this relationship between me and my father. Or I want to talk mm-hmm. about this kind of politicized issue. Or you can be very true to yourself. I mean, the truth is very powerful, man. Yeah. And, and honesty and vulnerability is very powerful. And so those are the things that... And the qualities that win poetry slams. You know, And sure. it's an audience that respects you, wants to hear what you have to say. Um, and it's a, it was a it was a the perfect community for me to develop in at that time for sure. That's dope. Yeah. So w- with like uh, growing up in in Durham, like I would imagine there's a lot of cultural things, and uh, you being an Asian American, uh, were, were your parents did they immigrate there yeah. or okay about seventy nine? So, yeah. So like from like the cultural uh, you know climate environment that you were in. Was that something that you were like, I need to show people and I need to educate people on like the stuff that I go through and my unique experience and I'm going to put that into my poetry? Was that something that you intentionally did or you're like, I just feel like I want to talk about this stuff? Probably more towards the latter. Okay. More towards like me just wanting to develop my voice because it's something that I'm inclined to do naturally. Mm. Um, And there's a lot of different theories in my mind as to why I started it. One, I think most artists are just so insecure that you need to feel like you have to perform in front of strangers to be validated. You know, um, one element is just naturally having a voice that you are naturally, I'm naturally comfortable in front of people that I don't know. Um, And uh, I think it's less about saying, hey, the world needs to know about my unique story because there's so many cats 
who you know are the only one from this whatever thing right. or have gone through much more you know dire have gone through dire circumstances and all all kind of stories out sure. there but for me i just love rapping bro <laughs> like i just love the rhyme i love yeah. language i love diction i love what hip hop has done for me and what it's done for this generation um and i kind of want to always stand on the side of hip hop man hip hop is just so stigmatized it's so desensitized in its own right I'm, I kind of wanted to be, you know, a, a, a keeper of the culture in a way that just to show administrative folks and people who just are not making daily offerings to hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. You think, I've realized as I walk through the world, most people don't give a fuck about hip hop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I personally feel maybe you enjoy the product, but you're not actually invested in the moving culture. the culture, yeah. in being within the culture, in, in, being moved by the culture at all mm-hmm. and then so there's this always a finger being pointed at it and so mm-hmm. i felt that as a young kid regardless if i'm asian or whatever or where i'm from like hip-hop has allowed me to feel sad through the music to feel proud through the clothes to feel you know empowered just through the culture itself so right. i i felt it that i felt that it was a responsibility of mine to just continue to honor it in my mm-hmm. own life responsibility yeah. I love that word I, you know i try <laughs> it's hard i mean you know i i <clears throat> I think most a lot of artists probably struggle with the the line between honoring yourself and honoring the world, and how do you do both at the same time? Right, it's, um, very difficult. Yeah. Were there a lot of Asians that like you grew up around? No, 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 no. Okay, yeah. So did you <laughs> like? Okay, so growing up as a kid, then, so did you identify with your Japanese heritage, or were you just more? I'm, nah, I'm like, American. I feel like looking back, this is what I've gathered, and from hearing other people's experiences who who grew up Asian in a in yeah. a non-Asian environment like you just you don't you don't want to you're ashamed to be Asian. Mm-hmm. You like don't you're not proud of it. You're never made to feel proud for being Asian right. and and the appearance overrides all interactions. Any room you step in, you know, yep. you can't hide your eyes, you can't hide your face. You mm-hmm. it's who you, it's just doesn't it's, matter how you sound, doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what you look man. like immediately you walk in the room that's so what it is. That's yeah. what it is, so I was like everything else that I can control is gonna overshadow my ethnicity. Sure. Um, but luckily and fortunately, naturally in my home, I was you know eating bomb Japanese food. I was speaking <laughs> Japanese with my parents. Yeah. You know, I can. I'm still you know uh, fluent in Japanese. Sick. So um, practicing Buddhism is like an Eastern form of th- thinking. I mean, I, I, I'm fortunate that I was kind of cradled in that environment at, in a young age, so that it it remained in me whether I acknowledged it or not. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, yeah. And it comes out, it comes out in a lot of your your music. You know what I mean? Um, just the way that you like. I mean, one of the first songs that I heard of yours was what uh, 1990, that, that mm-hmm. little interlude. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even though you've got this like kind of classic, almost like you know, good kick of a hip hop beat, mm-hmm. you, and the sound was a good sound. You're still speaking on things that I was like, man, I have to relate to these words. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I might have grown up similar to this dude. Word. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I don't think it has anything just to do with Asian. I think it's like what you were talking about about how like you know the things that are valued at things like slams is mm-hmm. the authenticity to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You're talking about something that's such a deep and honest culture that if somebody else authentically lived that life, whether they can express that same thing through words or, or whatever as well, mm-hmm. they know how to feel mm-hmm. the way that you speak. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so that's. That's what I'm talking about right there. Like, that's how it comes out, and, and and I see that authenticity, and I think that's why, to me, it's easy to be like, "This is good music." Thank you, man. 
It's hard being an Asian rapper, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is. I it's mean, hard being an Asian anything. That's what I was going to go it, to. In next. America. Yes. In America. In America. But in China, there is hope. Yeah, it's really, it's really easy to be Asian <laughs> in China. <laughs> that's a whole other yes, conversation, bro. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, your psyches are just totally. wired so differently, man. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I love it. I mean, we're talking about authenticity because, I mean, if you think about hip hop and what we typically are used to hearing in terms of content, right? Um, I mean, it's literally something that came from the streets because that was the that was what was going on in the lives of a lot of Black Americans, mm-hmm. right? And and I think uh, if you want to take that same sort of concept as an Asian person, you're going to go through different experience, yeah. but to be authentic to that and to speak on it in such a true and in a kind of an unfiltered way, that is hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So I think, um, it's dope that you put it out there and, and I don't, I, I feel like there's a lot of temptation or there's a tendency to think that, Oh, if I'm going to try to be in some sort of genre, I need to kind of assimilate to it by, acting a certain way or maybe I need to talk about certain things so that I'm more accepted by the people who um, are the majority of that culture but I feel like what what I see in you and and a lot of cats that are doing nowadays which is dope is um, is is not feeling that you need to necessarily do anything other than just be real right obviously you got to be skilled (laughs) you know you got to study the art and be good you know but yeah that's dope man that's really dope it's an interesting time too yeah. Particularly, if you think about time, and um, I think about like films like Moonlight. I yeah, I got to see Moonlight. Yep, but yep, yep. I'm like, yo, it took this long for a film like Moonlight mm-hmm. to to get shown on big screen. It took this long for Black Panther right. to come out and do what it did, you know. And so I feel like it's just a, a really ripe time, you know. Crazy and then Crazy Rich, Rich Asians, Asians just came you know, out. Of you know? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like I can't wait till ten years from now. Like, what is the you know, quote unquote Asian moonlight gonna be like? Wow. What is gonna be that like really deep, serious mm-hmm. narrative that has to be told in the most authentic way possible? Who is that director or who is that person who's gonna write that script? You know, who whose story is it gonna be? Um, I can't wait. For, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. So I'm 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 just glad I kept up with this shit, man. You know, yeah. like I could have easily just been like, man. Forget this, man. I can't do it. And then, but it's moving there, though. I think it's definitely getting there. I mean, like I said, like something like Crazy Rich Asians to come out. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that's kind of uh, specific to a specific culture. And, 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 but it's, you know, the rich culture, the rich culture, the crazy culture. And, and like, but it's cool to see like a rom com, you know, not, not this super, nothing, nothing to knock Joy Luck Club because that was amazing for Mm -hmm. what that did, you know, and, and, um, for, for cats like Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and Jet Li to do what they do to Mm -hmm. put, um, the the beauties of Eastern culture, mm-hmm. but then now you got a movie like Searching with John Cho that just came out, and it's not about an Asian man and his struggle to find some sort of. It's just a dude is like it's just like a, a suspense thriller that just so happened to be cast by or an Asian dude is mm-hmm. in the lead, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. we're definitely getting to that place where people aren't looking at. Um, oh, if, in order for us to have an Asian representation, it has to be this Asian theme. And, yeah. you know, we have to, that's the only way that Asians can play a certain right. role or do a certain thing. Right. And um, and I think it's really, it's it's getting there because you have people like yourself, um, 
us Kinjas, you know, we're not mm-hmm. out here trying to be like, oh, we're this Asian dance group. Like, no, we mm-hmm. just do this. Mm-hmm. And we, we're very much aware of what we look like mm-hmm. and what our heritage is. And mm-hmm. like, cool, well, we're going to fuse that. That's a part of our identity with everything else that make us mm-hmm. who we are. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, we're, it's also a timely thing, right? So, I mean, we, we're, we're very, uh, most of us are all very first or second generation. Yeah. Right. That means like this is kind of like the first time, even within America's culture, that you've got like uh, Asian Americans living out their whole lives. Mm-hmm. That's like the first time that you have a real I'm not talking about like an Asian who came to America. I'm talking like the Asian American was really born mm-hmm. um, in, in droves. Like there's a bunch yep. of us now or, or at least in the ma- major metropolitan areas of, of America. So our experiences in conjunction with like technological or social media advances all of that's happening at the same time which is why i think like yeah you say that you know you're glad you stuck it through i think our generation is just experiencing something for the first time is all we can talk about like the the parallelisms in terms of like the struggle for any person of color in america you know what i mean of course like you know, uh, African Americans have been here for a lot longer, and, and like you mentioned about Moonlight, uh, for for them to get an opportunity to to have pictures like that or Black Panther, and like when are we gonna have it? I mean, we're we're young, you know what I mean? Our, our culture, in terms of how we teach and express ourselves to people that aren't of Asian descent, mm-hmm. like we're still teaching them, you know what I mean? And uh, ourselves for a lot of yeah, lot of, we're still sort of forming our own sense of who we are mm-hmm. collectively. Um, yeah, it's, it's searching. It's crazy, yeah, man. Searching. It's crazy. So, uh, did your parents support the music hustle? Were they about it? I'm so fortunate, bro. My parents have always supported. You lucky mother. Man, <laughs> so <laughs> fortunate. I, as I've gotten deeper into yeah. learning other people's stories yeah. and sharing my own, I'm just like, dude, it is so rare that an immigrant, f- said an immigrant parents would s- allow from a young age their their child to to draw or paint or dance or rap um shit they just have no idea and, and you know they don't know anything about but um i think also they realized at a young age like i was gonna do it anyways you know like i was just one of those yeah. kids that was just like you're not telling me you're not telling me shit <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? definitely it's kind of like me yeah bro like it was just i think they That's even tight. they think they even had the wisdom to just know like right. We have to support this kid. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever he wants to do, or else he's gonna do it anyway. Yeah. So, um, or your older sister is already like safe and good, and yes, so right. they got the second. <laughs> yeah, that's my right. situation. My we older sister, one, she's like, like smart, responsibility. Yeah. So I, I get to kind of play yeah. it around a little exactly. bit more. Big ups to the big sis. Exactly. Hey. Yeah. No, I mean that's really yeah. That's crazy. That's that is a rare story for the parents to support their kids to pursue something in the arts. Right. You know, because we always hear the typical stories of you know school first, and then after that you go become a doctor, lawyer, whatever. Right. Um. I mean, yeah. For like, I think for all of us, we all pretty much kind of have a similar story where dance was definitely. I mean, one not only is it an art form, but something that's kind of at the bottom of the barrel mm-hmm. in terms of what's considered to be even successful entertainment. It's not mm-hmm. like we're trying to become a a singer or rappers. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're gonna dance, and so in my parents' mind, they're thinking, "Oh, so you're gonna be a backup dancer, and and you're gonna, you know, like that's the best that you can possibly do." And you know, there's this whole pride thing too. It's like, no, you need to be, you need to be at the forefront of something, not behind something, right? right? And so, I mean, I think it's cool because. Um, with our parents now, I mean, I'm, your parents are already cool enough to support you from jump, but I think for our parents, we talk about how 
um, because of what we've done or been able to do and continue to do to kind of break ground and kind of carve out a new path of entertainment. And not only are they saying, oh, you're you're dancing, but you're you are the main stage act mm -hmm. and like you are the uh, the act that people are flying around all over the world to perform on stages and stadiums. We just rocked the Dallas Cowboys halftime, you know, and um, things like that where they're now seeing that, oh, it's not what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's mm -hmm. cool to be able to um, change perspective, especially for parents, because, you know, that they're the closest people to us. We we are raised by them and, you know, we want nothing more mm -hmm. to make them proud. Mm -hmm. And and now that they're seeing, I mean, that's why they immigrated to America, because they wanted to create mm -hmm. and, and offer that opportunity for their kids to be the best that they could be and be everything that maybe they wanted to when they were growing up, but they didn't have the opportunity to. And now they're mm -hmm. seeing us do it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, you're a huge part of what, what that is, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So that's dope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a big, yeah. it's a big grappling with American and, uh, you know, Western and Eastern shit. I feel like at the heart of it, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, yep. even the kid on, on our side, we like deep down don't want to, Disgrace our family. Oh hell no! And they're <laughs> like we still proving yeah. ourselves. Yeah, bro. Every like, day, the family name is a real 100 yeah. thing. And 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 um, yeah, I've definitely been been very fortunate. But yeah. I, I've also found that cats who go through that just come out just so beastly because they had to prove them their most yep. intimate relationship in their life that this is something that is very serious to them. Um, yeah, you got to, like, off top, like, prove it to your parents. That's, like, the deepest connection versus just proving <laughs> yeah. it to, like, other fools across the street or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, right, 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 right. You're like, dang, the first test is my parents? Yeah. Like, damn, that's, that's probably the last one, too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Hey, real yeah. quick, you said, um, you said it's hard, you know what I mean, trying to make it as an Asian rapper. Like, what straight up, what's one of, like, the hardest experiences that you, you faced? Probably just the daily. Nah, give me some specific shit. <laughs> dirty you said stuff, what, man. bro? Uh, I feel like, bro, honestly, anybody on any quest, serious, serious quest, is always your own ego. Mm -hmm. It's always your own sense of doubt. And as an Asian rapper, it's just this like accentuated version of just being Asian American in general. But it's that it's that it's such a direct endeavor in black culture that you're forced to always ask yourself like who, who am i what am i doing here why am i in hip-hop you just always there's a daily moment by moment kind of um process and conversation that i have with myself and then just as an artist in general you have all of these questions right which is what is my content who is my audience what is my sound what are my goals and then it, when you add an asian you know, factor to it, it, it gets even more complicated to me, I think. Mm -hmm. And just all of those different things that you got to think about, you, you, you know, whether you like it or not, you have to include the fact that you are Asian, right? And that people look at you a certain way, um, whether they're Asian or black or white or whatever it is. Um, and you kind of just, yeah, I think, I think it's mostly a psychological issue. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it's, you know, something that I've been, dealing with since i was a kid really so as it, sure. as it as i get older and as the collective consciousness shifts and and awakens and people are very gung-ho about you know race and politics you know i have to continue and as i get older and mature and i build a sense of political philosophy like i mm -hmm. gotta i gotta be very clear about what it is um 
I represent, man. For sure. Yeah. I feel you. I, I feel like some of the struggles that even like us as Kendra sometimes can go through too is, um, and which is why we're so appreciative uh, to have somebody like you in the in the culture because, like you said, uh, being an Asian rapper already has stigmas, right? Like you, you're associating yourself with something that is associated with predominantly like the black culture. But mm -hmm. that's also because if we're listening to or for dancing or choreographing to a, a song that has like a black rapper talking about black problems mm. then like now we're running into those moments of confusion mm. but goddamn the song is so good and it makes me want to move <laughs> right so ultimately uh, in my mind i'm like uh, if only there were more asian rappers because at the end of the day rap is a vehicle you know what i'm yeah. saying it's, it's not necessarily associated with anything yeah it's a it's a means of expression and i know everybody feels me on that one so it's like uh, if the content or if the things that were being spoken about are things that are more relatable yeah. to me personally that I could dance to, then I'm already like, that's a win-win right there, right? Because yeah. um, it's just a vehicle. Um, but I, I look at moments where, yeah, man, I mean, sometimes it's already a struggle as it is trying to be a dancer. And sometimes like, um, you know, in white America, we're going to get given uh, some sort of like job opportunity, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're gonna be like, hey, come out and perform and dance for this type of event or this brand or this corporate thing. And uh, you know, the reason why we are hiring you, they'll never say this, but you know, it, the reason why we're hiring you is because you're Asian. So you get a one up on that one. But because we're hiring you because you're Asian, we want you to fulfill this Asian role. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and obviously, it's it's you know a stereotypical role in order to really let. You know, everyone digests like, hey, these these people are Asian. I mean, look at the mm -hmm. Nicki Minaj thing that uh, oh, recently man. some of the kids, you know, went and performed <laughs> for. And it's like, yo, like, number one, when we talk about, you know, black culture, us dancing to, like, you know, hip hop and stuff like that. Like, we got people like Nicki Minaj writing a song called Chun-Li. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then hiring Asians to dance in it. But, like, she at the forefront, you know what I mean? And, and to be honest, I'm like... I'm happy when I see that stuff. Because that's just... Yeah. yeah. Me too. I'm yeah. happy. Yeah. I'm like, yo, that's, yeah, for sure. that's another yeah. point for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That like, you, nobody can say shit. Yeah. Because yeah. so, at the end of the day, if you like it, then you like it. There shouldn't be a problem with liking something else from another culture. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but th there's only a problem when people have problems with it. Well, I've also realized that because rap is now pop and the rapper is at the forefront mm -hmm. of this multi-billion dollar industry, mm -hmm. then the rapper, in turn, is forced to deal with the attention that comes from it. Because the rapper is, is it's, his, it's his or her face, it's their voice, and they're just sort of in, under that microscope. But So that's why you hear so much debate about appropriation with Asian rappers. Whereas, like... There's I watch Russian crump videos all the time, right? I watch like when it comes to the other elements of hip hop, it's never in question because it hasn't become commodified to a level right. that rap has. And so I, mm. that's also one kind of reality I've realized that kind of alleviated some pressure for me, where I'm like, oh, this is also just a product of the market mm. and the economics of that's involved with all of this. It's not actually as politicized as as people may may you know present it. It's just um. It's just kind of the way capitalism is, and the and kind of the positions that each element are associated with now. Um, but 
I'm I feel like it's dope that Asians have been holding down the dance sector for a hot minute now though, right? Like I feel like we kind of somehow <laughs> snuck in there without getting any kind of heat for it. Yeah, we just bro, all of a sudden like, got accepted. Yes, bro. Yes. That's uh, because wow. the struggle has always been real. <laughs> That's because we don't get fed like everybody else. Nobody right. gets mad at you exactly. when you're not fed. Exactly. You That's know what I'm saying? True. They only exactly. attack you when you're on top or when exactly. you got something to lose. Right. Yeah. Right. So wow. as you're as you're kind of coming up, did you did you kind of naturally kind of click up with people that were also uh, doing music or into rap and poetry, or were you kind of writing solo through that, like early career or like like uh, child, just like, like yeah, like how you got into it to yeah, and then how it became your career? Um, it started with poetry heavy. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I first got into poetry, this was like I was seventeen. This is like two thousand seven. So this is when this is like what end of the Bush administration. This okay. is Soldier Boy yeah. and YouTube first going ham. Mm, and I'm, context. Yeah, a lot of context, <laughs> yeah, right? Soldier Boy definitely reminds me of a time. Dude, <laughs> and I remember it so clearly me sitting at a you know, at my notebook like, bro, I can't do this, bro. Like I can't because I know I'll have to be something I'm not in order to try to pop or and I have to talk about you know, at least I pressured myself into feeling yeah. like I needed to become a caricature of myself. Right. Um so when I got into poetry, it was mostly just poets, man. Um, Self-proclaimed outcasts of society who, you know, are tired of all the bullshit and have things that they feel and that they want to say um, and and build a culture of, of trying to fix these issues or trying to at least build awareness around these issue, issues through through poetry. Um, so it was a a change in pace for me, man, for sure. And it was it was a lot of young men also who were okay with being vulnerable mm -hmm. and were okay with telling each other I love you and were okay with, um, you know, the sensitivity that's involved with poetry. Um, but, like, I mean, the craft is so serious, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you, it's not, it's not a joke. You're really trying to craft these, like, works of art and you're working on manuscripts and you're really diving into the, the politics of your everyday life. Um, and it really changed a lot of, uh, it changed me a lot when I was 17, 18, 19. Um, and so, and through that, I was able to build a deeper appreciation for art in general and realizing that, oh shit, there's poetry and dance and screenwriting and, and all of these, and graffiti and all these other forms is actually just such a poetic element to art, um, and especially per performative art for, yeah. me, for me personally. So, um, and then as I traveled the country and the world, I was able to just meet all kind of, of course, first and foremost, like wordsmiths, but then you meet, <clears throat> you meet writers and you meet dancers and you meet, you know, graphic designers and folks who do all kind of dope shit. And uh, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. Word. Yeah. So on the music side, though, do you have like a squad that you kind of like roll with and you guys kind of rock together? If I had a team, it'd be one dude right now. It's a good team already. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's Armin. Yeah. Armin Malikian. Armin okay. Hammer. So he produced North Cat. Nice. Um, and I've known him since I was yeah, a kid in, fire, in North man. Carolina. He's a Carolinian too. Okay. Um, and he's an amazing engineer as well. Um, DJs too, but he engineered my whole last album. He's engineering this next project um, and produced a couple tracks. But so we work on music heavy together all the time for sure. Right. Um, what was that break though? So, so did you? Uh, you're living in in Durham, and then uh, did you come out to LA because you had some sort of an opportunity for the music, or was this just a new like transition you wanted to come out here for? So I always knew. I was going to live in Southern California hey. since I was a kid, bro. I was like, because I was, I, you know, I visited my sister when she was out here in school. Yeah. And I like was probably 12, 13 and I saw 
what Southern California was like, bro. And I was like, I had boba for the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, picture that. Picture like, no, like, oh my God, other <laughs> Asians. <laughs> <laughs> bro, picture 12-year-olds. <laughs> like, dude, it was nuts. And yeah. so from that moment, I was just like, yeah, I'm all, that's, I've got to make it back here somehow. So that kind of was always a seed that was planted. And then um, when I was in D.C., I was touring colleges full time. It's like I never was at my crib anyways. So I was able to, you know, stack enough bread to say, hey, bro, I think it's about time. It feels like it's either New York or L.A. at this point, Mm. you know, kind of the cliche story. But I was, you know, I wasn't moving to New York. So I was like, it's time to go to L.A., bro. So I just packed up and slid out here. Yeah. Was there anything like on the music side, like anybody that hit you up? Like, yo, man, we got to get you out here to L.A. We got to we got to work. Nah, at that time, no one really knew I rap okay. like that. And I, I remember telling a lot of homies I was about to drop a tape and try to start rapping, and Cass was looking at me like, Ugh. you know, like, it was so you came, poetry. you came out here with nothing, nothing lined up. Nothing, nah, no, That's nothing so heavy. Sick. That's what's yeah. up. That's nothing tight. Heavy. That's what's up. Um, and I knew some folks, you know, I know, I don't know if y'all know Bosia, crazy Bo-Sia. OG poet from Deaf Poetry. He's a, become a mentor figure to me here. He was nice. a big reason why I moved here. Okay. Um, and uh, the collaboration folks. I'm um, very tight with them. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I knew there was like some folks that I could at least tap in with and just try to see this what's happening. This came up with the name collaboration. <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah, I'm an uh, I'm, I'm OG collaboration, ooh, man. That's what? a funny story. That's crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, without getting too much into a PK, you know, yeah. the guy who started it, like yeah. when, uh, this is like in 99 when he was just a, a radio DJ, Radio Korea. And then uh, a, a, two of my other friends, we did this dance competition. We won. So PK came up to us and was like, yo, man, I want to start this Korean-American like talent show. Like, Would you guys be down to help me create it? And we're like, yeah, let's go. And then we would just sit in his apartment every night. And then, you know, what are we going to call it? Yeah. Asian Invasion, Asian Persuasion, and all these other things. And then I was like, what Damn, about Asian Invasion? <laughs> yeah. Hi. Asian then, Persuasion for no reason. Unnaturally aggressive, just because it's dumb. And then, and then, you know, in the classic form of like, well, like collaboration, you know, because you're trying to collaborate all sorts of different talents. And then obviously, just throw a K in front of it because, you know, it's Korean, (laughs) right? right? right, And then PK, that was the light bulb moment. He's like, that's it. And then so we just did it. So I think it was in 2000, 2001 was when we started the first one. And then it's, I mean, look where it's at right now. I mean, it's it's another story of another great platform that just started from somebody's dream i mean pk mm-hmm. i mean that dude i still see him every now and then like he's still hustling on his you know stand-up comedy mm-hmm. to uh i mean now he's a dad you know so mm-hmm. he's i mean that's that's the amazing story that i feel like something like collaboration that started very grassroots and now it's in like all over the u.s and mm-hmm. stuff like that now, now it even stands for you know something bigger right like oh, before yeah. it started off uh you know repping like the korean americans and stuff like that but now it's like all you know yeah. all asians and, and and even more you know you definitely have like it's just a new generation mm-hmm. right yeah something Shouts that you've PK. you've heard of and you know what i'm saying so now you you know people of collaboration and that was kind of a connecting yep. point for yeah you I, could, in LA. I competed in 2012 in dc Sick. And then made my way to the like the star finale in LA in two, 2012. And so Damn, I might have been there. Potentially, man. Dumb was a judge. Yeah. Um it was a moment for me for sure. And I, I had that was my first time being directly involved with an Asian arts community. Yeah. And it was the first time pitting myself as a poet up against other art forms. Right. Mm. So beating out a beatboxer, beating out a dance crew, beating out um you know, just like kind of the validity and power of myself as a poet 
versus all performative arts. It was the first time I was sort of stepping into that realm. Yeah. Um, so it was a big, like big the time MMA for me. of arts. It was tight, yeah. bro. It was like, <laughs> how do you judge a you know a violin cover, hip hop cover versus you know a, a poet yeah, versus, sure. versus a yo yo guy? I don't know. It's like all kind of different <laughs> shit yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. You know? yeah. But you know, even your poetry style, though, you have a you have a very unique way of. Uh, your flow is very different, and, and um, well, well how how would you describe your like style or your flow? I feel like poetry, sure. Um, basic. I'm not a very I'm not big worded. I'm not um, a conceptual writer. Meaning, I've heard that there's like intuitive writing and conceptual writing, where con- conceptual conceptual is kind of an overarching plot. And theme, uh-huh. right, of a concept of a piece or a screen screenplay is kind of what originally was was presented as. But then, intuitive writing is like more dialogue based, more like nitty gritty, of having a, a big general easy concept, but then getting into the the you know the details mm-hmm. intuitively. So I feel, always felt like I was more of an intuitive writer as mm. far as I could take a poem about my grandma as an overarching theme, but then go into every aspect about my relationship with my grandma and lineage and my, you know, and then, and it become a piece. Um, so I always felt like <clears throat> I hate, I always hated the idea of high art. And I always hated the idea of art being inaccessible to people. Um, and I'm a pretty bright dude. Like I'm not an idiot, mm-hmm. you know what I yeah. mean? But I'm also not about that life where you, you're like excluding people from, your conversations and even just your your ideas just because of a sense of ex- accessibility. So I always approached my my poetry the same way I approach like I listen to hip hop and verses and like verses are just the, the simplest form of language but it's told in such a beautiful and powerful way um and it's clearly received in that one moment. So I always wanted to just have poetry that wasn't intricate but um, simple man and yeah I feel like s- simplicity is is really difficult to kind of to capture yeah I um, dug the one you. Uh, <laughs> that's you 100% <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel you simplicity yeah I dug the one that you're talking about basketball right you're talking about like your oh, jump yeah. shot and all oh, that yeah, yeah. I was, Jeremy Lin joint oh yeah the Jeremy oh, Lin one dude yeah, you listen to my yeah I went through a rabbit hole bro oh, I was like crazy. yo let me see what this I was like yo this fool's fire right now Jeremy Lin yeah man. I've been listening to Booty Booty and I don't know a damn word you said. Oh my gosh, yeah, that joint. <laughs> hey. He sampled the Method Man track. Yeah, shouts to TikTok, Miyagi, Pablo. Yeah, that thing is fire. I mean, so yeah, Anthony actually put me on to you. So when uh, when he told me that Yoko was like, yo, he's like, check out this guy G Amazon. So we were listening to it in your car and then we played the North CAC to the 1990 and I was like, yo, who is this guy? You know what I mean? I'm like, I am an automatic fan dude. right now. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. So I mean, that's that's so dead. freaking dope. So all right, so you you're out here in LA. So you, you mentioned you connect, you know, with guys like Dumb, and I know you you know with the Far East Movement homies and stuff like that. Mm, so over you, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did how did that whole um, relationship kind of start to there? I've been running into Dumb since that 2012 collaboration, mm-hmm. and and through the college market over the years. Yeah, and so um, from what I've gathered, it feels like I left an impression you know that 2012 moment where he was a judge but i was like such a bit such a big ego like i didn't introduce myself and like i didn't want to take a picture or shit you know, you know i like never actually never actually met dumb yeah. you know until way later um and i look up to dumb i've looked up to dumb for, yeah. for a hot minute man so and uh 
But then over time, um, I got to meet. I don't know how I met Pro and and the Far East guys. I think they, I feel like they follow hella Asian American. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> just like they just are. are and that's hip. with the Z, by the way. <laughs> They're hip to everything that's going on. Yeah, is what it feels yeah. like. Um, and so. Just over time, they reached out, and we got cool with the folks at Transparency, and their office yep. is like seven minutes from my crib right now. And so just slid through, pulled up, and met Richie and all the folks over there. Um, and then when the when Dumb's Yikes Tour was developing, mm-hmm. they you know um, it just kind of was a good fit. And so I did the the West Coast leg of that tour. Um, and that's when I first got to really kick it with Dumb and Zoe and, and, and Yikes and all of those fools. Yeah. And kind of really... Man, shouts to Dumb, bro, for, for really... he. As a uh, the Asian thing, and of course is there, sure. but as a rap independently as a business is so difficult. And for you to use your your tour budget to bring on other folks who you may not even ever, I don't think he had ever seen me perform live before, you mm. know. But just sort of off the strength, just sort of bringing me onto the tour, and and a lot of gang of other folks as well, man, it meant a lot. And I think um, he didn't have to do that. And yeah. I think it was a. Um, yeah, shouts to Dumb, man. Yeah, for, Dumb's for been killing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's been putting in his time, too. And he's, yep. I mean, he just started a podcast, too. Yeah, he's yep. killing it. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we saw you um, this past year at, at Identity and uh, the oh, festival yeah. in L.A. We you rocked the show. Yeah, we rocked the show there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm tripping. Yeah. But you didn't see the set, did you? No, I did see the set. You did see you the set? smashed it, bro. For real, bro? Yeah, oh, yeah. That was, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'm, I'm low-key stalking you, bro. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, that was, Likewise. like, such a, that was such a dope festival because, I mean, yeah, like, Yox was out there yeah. to, you know, like... Uh, Jay Park, you know, closing out the mm-hmm, night, and mm-hmm. and for us to be a part of something where I was like, yo, this is the beginnings of something kind of new too, because the entire lineup was straight up like Asian American talent, right? From yeah. dancing to rapping to you know singing to yeah. the whole nine, yeah. and and it was put on by the Transparent Homies, you know, yeah. and then in, it's in Grand Park in downtown LA, mm-hmm. and it's a free concert, you mm-hmm. know, and this is the second year that they had it, mm-hmm. so I mean, again, like now that we're talking about all this stuff about you know, change and, and, you know, climate change to, you know, within uh, entertainment for Asian Americans to kind of just have that sort of uh, uh, stance there where they're being respected. And, like, I'm looking at the audience. It's not just a bunch of Asian kids yeah. in the audience. There's, like, white people. It's just mm-hmm. everybody's there. Mm-hmm. And and in the heart of L.A., and it, it just it was a moment for me to be like, yo, we're moving the needle right now. Mm-hmm. We're shifting culture right mm-hmm. now, you know, and I think it's dope to be a part of that. And a lot of times you, you don't really see it cause you're, you're just doing, you know what I'm right. saying? So right. I think it's great to just take a step back and, and talk about it and acknowledge it. You know it was what I mean? fire. And that was a fire for sure. And I had yeah. been as a, as a just audience member for the last year or two. And, uh, yeah, to see how I had grown was, was crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the first time, uh, rocking a show in LA? Uh, I've done shows here and there, okay. but definitely a lot smaller for sure. That was okay. definitely a, a real show. And then right before that, we did the Fonda Theater w- with Dumb Sick. on the Yikes tour, and that was that was fire too. Um, yeah, I, I looked at it like, dang, bro, it's, it's 2018. This is the first time this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> in LA too. It's big. You know, so it's yeah. big, it's a it's a big deal. And I think they had a similar version in the Bay too, not too long yeah, after yeah, that as yeah. well. So that's yeah, dope for sure. Um, yeah, I I be I look at the I try to look at the numbers a lot. Sorry, I go on tangents and shit, but it's no, like, dude, uh, go I look for at it. like there's not a lot of Asians in America, bro. <laughs> no, you know, like yeah. let's mathematically just yeah. look at it, you know. And so I and um, the other side of that is for me when I travel rural America, I'm just like realizing like oh shit, there's a lot of white people <laughs> in America. 
It's like it's not actually that. It doesn't Tell look like it. L.A., bro. Yeah. Like, America actually looks like, you know, Minnesota. It looks like the yeah. That's a what lot it really of looks America like. looks yeah. like. That. So um, I get it, man. I kind of, I kind of get it. Yeah, we um, just came back from Dallas. That was fun. <laughs> I mean, Dallas. like we're, we're we're mobbing the streets like you know, fifteen <laughs> Asian dudes, and we literally stopping traffic. People looking at us. <laughs> Like what is that? They don't know how yeah. to react. They yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. you know. But I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get I it. I mean, yeah. this is like a. It's not like a, a a random tour bus of Asian grandmas and grandpas that just got <laughs> dropped off to go see like a, a tourist attraction. We're just like walking down the street. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was funny. Right. But uh, yeah, man. So um, so what what what's what's going on now with the music thing? Are you still rocking independent? Yeah. yeah. Super independent. Um, dropping an, another project next month. Um, trying to just keep building the catalog. Yeah. Um, I got to, you know, the game is like hurry up and wait. You know, it's we just know like, that really it's well. It's just like you, you're sitting there and you're fidgeting, and but you're actually just you're still George and you're still sitting on this couch and you're still got shit to do. And um, so right now it's just trying to stay focused and not be swayed by both the incline or the decline. Man, I think mm-hmm. I, I have trouble getting swayed by. Things feeling like they're falling off and also getting swayed by things feeling like they're about to pop, you know, yeah. and I kind of just have to learn how to, I, I think there's one thing I'm working on as I'm, as I'm maturing, man, it's just mm. like how to, how to really stay solid in, in my goals and my, my values and, and my, well, well, let's talk about that real yeah. quick. Um, because I feel like uh, one of the biggest breakoff points even for Kinja's was not about like a show or a decision that we made um artistically or whatever but it was rather the conversations that we had together to establish um our purpose our mm-hmm. goals and our missions mm-hmm. um because that's that's the foundation uh, of every decision that you make mm-hmm. moving forward no matter how seemingly you know indirect that might be mm-hmm. uh, if it doesn't satisfy your statutes if it doesn't come back to why you're playing this game like you don't need to make those calls like what are those goals for you what, what's that purpose what's that mission for you um well, on a logistical, tangible level, something that I've been thinking about very seriously recently that I, I feel like I'd like to say now just out of accountability for later, right? Hell yeah. It's like 10 years. Like, I've been thinking, okay, I'm 27, like 20 years from now, 10 years, 20 years. Like, what do I want to be? Am I going to really be rapping and what's going to happen? And I'd love to really build a school, man. Like, I just really... It's kind of a cliche, you know, like, I want to build a school. And no, it's not. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. I mean, bro, yeah. like, I can't think of any other thing as I grow into, you know, older age. I'm just like, what it, what, it, what could I take? All the experiences that I've had in my life, how could I continue to pass it on? Um, and I think it's a school, man. I think it would be helping students who don't have access to um, an art-centered view of, of education, um, art-centered and also just value-centered, you know, morally-centered. More, you know, I want, I just centered, 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 <laughs> centered, centered. centered. Uh, yeah, it's just like education, man. It's in, and how we're educating ourselves and how we're deciding to educate young people. Um, and I, I think, yeah, school in, in Durham, North Carolina, where I'm from, is kind of the first tangible step that I've seen as far as a large goal and what I could do with with the the many goals leading up to that point. And, and when you open this school and you got students lining up from everywhere, right, and, and it's everything that you wanted, mm. what do you teach them? 
why do you teach them? You know what I mean? Like, what is it? Because there's, there's always something beyond just like the, you know, um, in, in our analogy to the dance game, we can give mm-hmm. we can give a student foundation of movement. We can give them technique. We can give them uh, choreography or, or whatever. But ultimately, like, what are you teaching them? Uh, to develop your own voice so that you can you can move through the world on your own and to think critically and to follow your heart you know i mean it's mm-hmm. really it's actually kind of simple mm-hmm. it's actually pretty simple it is and yes. and even on a logistical administrative term like let's let's teach Amer- like what if i had the chance to teach american history you know <laughs> <laughs> if you had the chance yeah. to really teach american history the way you saw fit like Oh man, it'd be a very different yeah. experience for Absolutely. a young yeah. person, man. And and um and how to directly talk about race with young people. And I think 14 to 18 is such a crucial time where you got to be talking like teachers change kids' lives because they're willing to go out on a limb and say, "Hey, this is actually how I feel about this." And this Absolutely. is kind of I want to I want you to think about this critically because of this this and this. Is. Um yeah, and and just developing more arts and arts being you know valued as much as sports <clears throat> you know yes. just that concept yeah. man it's just like <laughs> wow. yeah you, just up the, you just opened up the can of worms with us bro <laughs> I mean, you speaking got of the my marching, heart bro <laughs> you got the marching band and yeah. you got like theater right yep. and those are like kind of the 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 big staples for art and, and then you got art class or whatever but cats aren't really they're not involving um they're not getting graffiti involved. They're not getting b-boying involved. They're not getting rap involved. They're not, you know, it's just like, um, but there are so many, you know, organizations that are doing totally. so much to, to try to change that culture in our public education system. So, And um, ultimately, I mean, this this is all subjective in lifestyle anyway. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, schools like that exist not to be like the school of the world, you yeah. know, like the best way to live a life for all students of every you know, origin, but right. more so like if you're into this, it's available, you know right. what I'm saying? And right. and uh, if you see or if you think like this, then and then these are where like-minded, yeah. like-lifestyle people are. And I think even to absolutely shamelessly plug the dojo, um, <laughs> same for us, right? Like we, we didn't come out here trying to open up like the best dance right. studio. Right. Uh, yeah, sure. Of course, it's a natural goal. We ain't trying to open the worst one, <laughs> but but we're trying to, you know, we're trying to open up a sanctuary for our students to feel safe and, and to come in and learn the things that we value, that we care to share because yeah. we feel like it's the most important things that have helped us find our voice, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yo, I, I co-sign yeah. that with you. I'm very, very all energy and support towards you being able to accomplish that dream because sure. it's. Is selfless ultimately that kind of legacy is what uh i believe people who are good have the responsibility to actually do yeah you know what i mean and that's sort of like the tangible long-term something i'm trying to like sculpt right now but as far as what's gotten me here and what i see myself continuing to do as far as this rap shit and really shooting my shot is um it's just never never i never want to compromise my moral mm compass mm-hmm. you know i never want to compromise um anything man that i that i don't want to compromise and um yeah i just want to tell great stories man and i, I want to i think that i've made the decision many times where like i'll die broke i'll be all right if i die mm. broke if i'm able to just create dope shit um did y'all ever see cutie in the boxer 
No. Mm-mm. The but Netflix one? I've never seen that. Never seen it, bro. No. Cutie and the Boxer? Yeah. It's on Netflix? It might not be anymore, but okay. it's about this old Japanese couple. Um, and he they're both painters, actually. And the the dude, it's like his 80-some birthday on you know when it, when it opens up. And his style of art is he puts like these big pads on these boxing gloves, gets this huge canvas, um, and then goes from right to left goes from right to left just punching the yeah. canvas yeah. Okay. it's very eclectic right okay. and, and he's he's been spending his whole life painting and there's this one scene where he's in his mid you know he's like probably 30 something and it's an old video clip and he's he's drunk and he's laughing with his homies and having a good time mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere he snaps and starts breaking down crying <clears throat> and he's crying because he's like man i pour my life into my art Everything I have, I've put it in my art, and I'm still broke. I'm fucking broke. I have no money, you know, and he's bawling, and he's asking himself, is all of this worth it, you know, as an artist? And I remember being, like, 22, 23, first starting on the college market, getting paid, like, and I was just, I just was like, wow, like, that's really what it, even if I get there, you know, like, I have have to continue. I'm so blessed to be able to live this life right now, but what if the money is gone? What Mm. What if I'm really... I'm at this this crossroad where I have to ask myself, like, you know, what if I'm 60 and I'm broke and nameless? Mm. Will it still be worth it for me? Um, and so that was a big moment for me, man, by five, five, six years ago where I was like, all right, I'm asking for this shit. Mm. I'm going to chase it. And if it all falls on me at the end, then that's something I can I can live with. Really? Wow. So For sure. So you would be down to to be broke for the name uh, or for the sake of like what you're standing for for the arts for what you yeah for, for what I love to do I mean my boy G's really saying he ain't down to be broke yeah, but yeah. In a hypothetical well, see, you know what I mean to show his true character <laughs> yeah. for the story yeah this sure. is great this is great <laughs> for the story yeah but you because know what I mean like, this, this topic we talk about this man all day monetizing the well I mean okay so you know we can get into this rabbit hole but like I feel like what we're doing, sure, we're pursuing our passions and we're doing it because we love it. Mm-hmm. But no one wants to be broke, right? Mm-hmm. And then so there's the school of thought that's like, oh, you got to keep it real. You got to, you know, don't sell out and blah, 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 blah. And that term sell out to me, it's a funny it's a funny term because um, I'm, I'll just go so far to say, I mean, yeah, a lot of it just comes out of just hating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, sure, there is a level of like, wow, you just completely compromise your character. You get you threw out your moral compass out the window, yeah. and now you're just doing everything for the quick dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's selling out. But I think in order for you to um, really preserve what you want to do and and like you want to get this messaging out to the world, I stand by this. This is what I do. I want to get this out to the masses, but I also need to eat. You know, I also need to, you know, you know, put a roof over my head. And I think what that is, it just takes more time to think very like, how do I figure this out and and do it in a way where I'm going to keep my integrity, mm-hmm. but make smart decisions. Sure, I may need to adjust things here and there because there's a market right that we're all mm-hmm. trying to hit. Mm-hmm. There's this, you know, yeah, you said you said it yourself. Rap in and hip hop is now pop culture, mm-hmm. so there's a market for it now. It took a while for it to get there. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, 
you know, and then there are certain cats that may say, say like, oh, you, you rap a certain way or you have a certain style because you think that's what's hot right now and that's right. what's going to get you radio spins. Right. Whereas, you know, uh, whatever happened to like real hip hop and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, within what we do too, dance wise, there's all kinds of talk, you know, behind closed doors of like what's real and what's not. And like this stuff, mm -hmm. it, this is just, you know, fabrication of like, oh, they're just biting this and that. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, what's really true to you? But I think, I don't know, man. You said you're not an idiot. Neither are we. Yeah. You know, where we think long and hard about how do we preserve everything that we stand for, but how do we keep that roof over our head? How sure. do we keep from, you know, struggling? Because nobody wants to. Because sure. we, we talk about our families. We, we're trying to support our families, our for parents, sure. our, you for know, sure. future kids and all the other thing. But um, I have no problem selling art. Yeah. Selling your art, yeah. something that you've created, if we, especially if we're going to operate in this in this capitalist you know for sure. structure yep. i have issues with you having to feel like you need to change a part of yourself in order to sell your mm. art for sure yeah, absolutely um and one thing i learned as i first started making some money from poetry was like i started feeling guilty man like crazy guilt crazy crazy like dude like how, you go to McDonald's and, or whatever, and you see a janitor, you know that this fool's been working for 10 years, whatever years, every day doing this job. And I get to travel to a college and speak for 60 minutes and get paid, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. it's a deep sense of guilt, man, that, that comes with money. Mm -hmm. And I think people deal with it different ways. But one thing I learned that my homie Mez put me on was, like, for a creative, money just means you can be more creative. Yeah, absolutely. Actually. Yeah. So when I actually, that clicked for me, I was like, oh, with a with a stack, I could shoot a video mm. and do this and do this and make sure my my peoples are getting paid for mm -hmm. what they're doing for Absolutely. our collaborative effort. That's where the films and then the, the music videos and you know self being self funded kind of really came into the picture. Yeah, and that's when my own sense of artistry started growing, and that's when the whole creative you know arc started growing, and I started to be able to see what my songs looked like because. I had funds to be able to make videos. And mm. if you don't even have bread to make a good video, you your creativity is kind of limited at, at, at that point. Yeah. You know? um, of yeah, course, you, you can think invest all you yourself. want, but you know, till you, till you know how much that camera costs versus how much this camera costs versus how much this director costs versus how much this director costs, is, you know, it's kind of um, kind of checks and balances. Yeah. Um, but I've, I found that there's this infinite flow of, of money in the world, right? If you think about it, I mean, when then they say like if you there's enough bread for like everyone to make seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in this country, right? If you if you equalized all the all the bread, right? It's I don't like, know what the number is, but damn the rich ass people. Oh man, <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. Y'all work hard, but where's share? my seven fifty? Well, it's like it's like however you feel about you know whatever economic systems. It's like I I believe there's an infinite amount uh, of money out there, and it's about building the fortune in your life to attract money into your life right absolutely um, man, you are articulate wise ass <laughs> i learned from mentors man just this is not yes. this is not me just thinking at my career by myself but over time you know if you if you look at money as not this thing that you can either get or give it, it's more of a flow that you're either a part of or not based on how much you're what kind of efforts you're making in your life to absolutely. kind of bring that money into your life yeah wow <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah totally vibe yeah. on all that Type like shit yeah that was um, tight. it's crazy it's crazy how much um business and art specifically are, are clearly two separate entities um but it's like a cocktail right well i found that you 
there's a little bit of both where you like you got to look at the business creatively. Yeah, yeah, actually, because it is numbers, it is strict, mm-hmm. but it has to be a creative em- endeavor for you, or else you're as a creative person you're gonna go crazy, yeah. and it has to become this exciting thing, yeah. um, where you don't get the you know the return immediately, but you know that you're investing in these sure. things and you have all of these things. So it's um, and I think also looking at your art in a in a in a mathematical way is is kind of key too. Um, kind of mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how to explain that theory. strategy I don't know, I explain is, it. Yeah, is an I mean, artistry there's, there's an artistry to strategy you know what yeah. i mean uh i feel that like it's not just like what you have it's also how you present it right mm-hmm. so so the, the same tactic in terms of artistry and digestibility to an audience is mm-hmm. the same as uh, entering that flow of, of capitalism or, or business you know being mm-hmm. able to like shake a hand on a deal is, is not just as almost black and white or as simple or one level mm-hmm. as like you're gonna give me money, I'm gonna do this thing. That the complexity in artistry is, hey, you're gonna give me money, I'm gonna inspire myself to use that money to do this thing, so that I'm gonna be okay representing myself a certain way without compromising, yet still, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you said, it's a psychological thing. It is. It's always gonna be psychological for an artist specifically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like you even said earlier, like an Asian artist specifically mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the business, the business yeah. of artistry is so glorious if you can do it right man. yeah it's uh i'm very fortunate man yeah Super fortunate. absolutely um do you have like a team uh, of people or like that that kind of help you uh make those types of decisions like kind of a checks and balances for your you know what i'm saying because i mean I'm, i would imagine from your perspective you're just trying to push your art you're just trying to be creative at the same time knowing that i gotta make this some sort of a business do you figure it out by yourself or do you kind of have somebody that you you kind of yeah, lean it's on kind for that? of a solo dolo kind of thing man i've Word. kind of for a lot of my life been um it kind of reminds me of high school i just i was always cool with everybody mm. you know really not discriminatory when it came to my friends but yeah um but i also was just kind of able i was just that's how i am now where i'm cool with everybody but i don't really have this camp mm. or this like conglomerate of, of folks that it's like this is what it is um and so that gets confusing sometimes often and i think a lot I, a lot of it's probably because i'm terrible to work with you know like probably because i just had i was such a micromanaging control freak and okay. i just had this quality of you know like that that it's hard for me to kind of trust others Got sometimes it. i think i think that's my own well, speaking of accountability, issue. I'm glad you said that because now you're gonna have to work on trusting other people, <laughs> not being difficult to work with, and yeah. not being a control freak. Well, sometimes I'm too easy. Sometimes I feel like I might be hard to work with, but other times I'm just like, nah, bro, y'all tripping, bro. Like y'all, <laughs> <laughs> been, like bro, I've been waiting for this shit for a minute, and I'm being real nice, man, and you're not responding. And I'm just like, yeah, yo, yeah. sometimes the other party is like terrible to work with too, and I'm too nice about it, and right. I'm just like. Uh, I'm just like, all right, dude. Like, let's let's part ways, and I I don't want to burn no bridges, but I just cannot work with you again. You know, it's I mean, collaborative. That's the thing, bro. It's like human relationships are like single handedly the most difficult shit in the world. Oh, one hundred percent. It's like one hundred percent. I mean, your mother, your partner, your coworker, your teammate, the dude at the store, anybody in random passing. I mean. And it's the most fulfilling element of our lives too. I mean, it's like it's it's kind of attached to it. So how you work with people and 
and how you deal with the different types of people there are in the world, I think, is is the best way to kind of. That's why people like pets, <laughs> right? This is true. That's why people <laughs> like pets, man. This is true. This is true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so much of business is straight up knowing how to deal with people, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's for sure, there's numbers involved and all that kind of stuff, but understanding um, how to relate to somebody to know whether I can work with you or whether I need to move on and, and, and find another yep. situation. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's what's up, man. I, I do feel, though, off that tip, that one of the most useful things, especially like being able to, I guess for all the artists out there that want to get into business with their artistry mm-hmm. is, damn, adaptability is the name of the game mm-hmm. when you get out there. Because no matter what, anybody who's imaginative, imagine any type of person in the world, that person exists. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, don't think that that person yeah, can't yeah, exist. Yeah. You might walk into them tomorrow, uh-huh. whether it's the love of your life or like your arch nemesis. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, if yeah. you, whether getting into business, getting into a job, every possible outcome, if it can exist, may exist. Mm-hmm. So, you, you gotta, one, open your mind to that possibility to pre- pre- like just straight up prep yourself. Mm-hmm. And then, two, to like, with that knowledge, Use that to your power, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and be that person to be adaptable because the person who's most adaptable will fit in any situation. We'll take, we'll take positivity, success, joy, or some sort of lesson. Mm. Even if it was a hard one, you'll at least take the lesson, you know what I'm saying, versus walking away like you got another scar or chip on your shoulder. Right. So, right. Yeah, it's like living in flow, right? No, yeah. Understanding that you can't. Um, control every situation. Sometimes the situation just has to happen, and you got to learn how to either move with it, or you can kind of try to stand your ground and just get knocked over by it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so with that though, um, what what is what is your flow now that you've kind of been out here? How long you been out here in LA now? About three years. Three now. years. Yeah. So, um, I'm sure you've learned a ton, experienced a bunch. Um, how how I guess. Like, what is, like, the most valuable type of thing that you've learned in being in a in a spot like L.A. where everything's moving so fast oh, all the time? Man. I don't even know. Having good friends, man. Yeah. I mean, that's just some life shit, but, like... Hey, welcome, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. Real talk, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so... I feel protected throughout mm-hmm. my whole life with having great friends and having the, the sort of wherewithal to know who is a good friend or not. Um, and L.A. is a... Uh, it's just exciting to say the least, you know. As a, as a, I'm a pretty simple guy, you know. I'm from North Carolina. Things are very slow. Things are not diverse. Um, there's not a big. There's there's no no big industries there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to come to a place like L.A. where so much shit is happening, um, the good friends kind of keep me in check, and they keep me. They remind me I'm a regular dude. They remind me of my 13 year old self when I first met them. They remind you know they remind me of back home and so they're able to kind of keep me here um but it's crazy i mean la is uh la is nuts wait y'all from all y'all from la right (laughs) uh i'm from the oc i was born in long beach so it's kind of like la yeah yeah yeah. but you get it yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm from the bay the bay okay the bay is a shit too though Uh, (laughs) it is but uh to me i love just knowing y'all like Dr. Dre is somewhere 30 miles from here just, <laughs> just working, you know, like, yeah, and this yeah. dude is here. And I'm just like, that just energy yeah. is great for me personally. Right. And it doesn't yeah. bog me down. It doesn't get put pressure on me in a bad way. It's very, very healthy for me. Um, what's, yeah, what's unhealthy is just how lonely this place is in many mm. ways. Because yeah. there's so many people like me who are from somewhere else trying to find their way in life. 
and uh it's it's difficult to find kind of a camp and people that you 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 fuck with and that that you can just hang out with and do regular shit with um and just just the human shit is just kind of a little different because there's so much exciting stuff to do in LA all the time. Yeah. Um, so would you say that um, you kind of uh, are more somebody who just kind of uh, waits for the opportunity to seem right before going for it? Or are you kind of like more so grinding and trying to just put yourself out there to get the opportunities? Wait, so what's the first part of that? So uh, I guess like it seems like you seem like a pretty chill kind of a laid back type dude not to say that you don't have this hustle but mm-hmm. i mean obviously you came out here to mm-hmm. pursue the music thing mm-hmm. so how do you balance um not getting sucked up into just all the noise and and just running without knowing where you're running to mm-hmm. and then but also at the same time to still kind of maintain who you are like the the 13 year old self that yeah. you were just talking about to stay grounded well here's what's unique about my la experience is that the last two to three years of quote unquote living here i've been touring full time so I've still been on the road nine, eight to nine months out of the year. So I actually haven't been here long enough to even drive myself crazy yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been nice. fortunate in that way. What has sucked is that I haven't been able to really develop a lot of connections in L.A. yet because I'm gone so much. Right. So like even when we connected, that was kind of a hot minute ago. And you're you're busy. Y'all are busy, too. Right. Yeah. So. But it's like that with almost everyone I know, where it's like, oh, let's kick it. I want to kick it. Oh, I'm gone for these two, and then you just you just don't hear back for right. months. But um, so that's where my grind has been the last five years is just constantly being on the road, constantly being in a hotel or or this or that or that. And so, but I mean those those human relationships, like you said, are a hustle too, right? Like you gotta you gotta put in the work, right? Yeah. So that's uh. That's why I'm glad like we, we got a chance to connect again because cause that, that is going to be how it is for somebody who is grinding, not necessarily just on the road, but like time and life, the older you get, right? Yeah. The, the quicker time passes. It's yeah. this weird thing. Um, months go by before you can say what's up to somebody that you are super close with, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got on the phone with Yoko like last week oh, and that was the first time I talked to her in, in like months. Yeah. Um, yeah. But putting in the work and, and finding that connection and realizing that you're still like, you know, uh, at the core you vibe with somebody, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. that's why that's why it's it's important to put in that work, put in that same type of hustle that you would put into your craft because human relationships. And I've I've found that LA specifically is uh or especially is like a lot's based on social capital. It's like where have you shown your face to who? Mm. And who remembers your face? Who remembers how they felt when you met them and shook their hand for the first time? And and it's kind of that sense of it's kind of like some black mirror shit man it's just like you know like <laughs> the more you go out and it, i mean it's true it's and and so but i found that for me that is an easy secondary kind of element compared to me wanting to just create so now that i'm having more time in la and i'm not touring as heavy it's like all right armin let's like every day mm. let's record let's so, engineer let's yeah. create like we have to i have to make records this is like how I, if i this is what i want to do so that's been the shift for me and that's what helps keep me just kind of, it's like, I just want to cook, man. And I want to, I've never was the guy that could just sit in a studio all day and just create, you know. So I want to kind of develop that kind of um, rhythm in my life. Dope, man. Yeah. That's what's up. Yo, I, I got to ask, man. So the Booty Booty track, so that you 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 wrote in Japanese, you rapped in Japanese. Was that like, that was the first time you ever like went that mm. that direction? I've written probably eight bars in Japanese once okay. before that I would do at live shows. But I never tried to write a Japanese record. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I never was like, this is a beat, this is a song in Japanese that I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and even that that little thing that I wrote for, like, the live shows was just, like, this crazy thing for me because I had never done that in my life. And it was really difficult, actually. Uh-huh. So I didn't never, I never thought I would actually pursue spitting in Japanese. Yeah. Um, but the last couple of trips, trips back have been so inspiring. Um, I'm realizing, like, people in Japan fuck with me, man. Like, they, That's like, because there's, you know, Japanese people particularly are so, like, mechanical and and like research based and like you know are going through trying to find japanese rappers in america and yeah i'll come up and so um it was like a cool way to honor my my life yeah. and i was just like wow like i've never tried to really write a song in my mother's mother tongue man so, yeah you know it's crazy it's funny because we're at a a, a similar a time frame where we're we're doing a lot of work out in China. Not mm. saying we're all Chinese, but yep. more so to the connection to Asia, mm-hmm. right? Um, when we go out there, we, we don't look Asian because everyone's Asian, so mm-hmm. they don't see that. They don't like that first film of filter. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. They're just, if anything, starting to see the individualism even between the members of our crew. Mm-hmm. You know, like this one's like the sexy guy. This one's <laughs> like the the funny one. This, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, they yeah. can see that yeah. out here. No matter what, we put like 10 plus Asians on stage. That's it. You are done. There's no other need because we're already all male Asian dancers. We're like three levels deep in the niche pocket of like, there's no way, you know. So I'm Even our names, too. They start to look at our names. They don't see individual names. They just see Asian, Asian, Asian. That's what it is. So you guys are all related? (laughs) You're all. Yeah, what kind of Chinese are you, right? We got got that question once. What kind of Chinese are you? Uh, but point is, like when we go there, that like, you take off that first glaze, you know what I mean, over the eyes, and, and, and for you to say like, you know, the Japanese people fuck with you, it's like, dude, like you're if anything on a pedestal because you're from America mm-hmm. versus the other way around, yeah. you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it's like, and I think I share that because I recently even just saw, I think it was Akon on IG who yeah. was talking about the same thing mm-hmm. and saying how like. You know what I mean? Black people out in America, you want to make you know Fortune 500 company in less than like 10 years, go do it in Africa. Mm. The same thing that you'd be trying to hustle right here, mm. you go over there, your opportunity is normal. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and ironically, that's been a lot of uh, our philosophy even in the last couple of years. It's been maturing to develop towards putting a lot of our energy and attention out into Asia. Mm-hmm. And it's not out of like... We didn't make it out here. No, not at all. Right, Actually, right, right, the, right. the bigger the strides that we make out here in the Western frontier, it's magnified right. out there. So yep. we, we, we've been turning up the hustle yeah, out here right, on the Western right, right, front right, right. because when we go over there, it's different. Yeah. They don't just see the all-Asian dance crew. They see, hey, people who put their money where their mouth is, put in the work, and try to make it in a place where the, the odds were against them mm. and will always be against mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It, 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 that's the test. Not everybody's meant to be successful. It's supposed to weed out the people who don't have the heart and the dedication. Yeah. You know what I mean? That perseverance. So when I see you, when I see you, I'm like, dang, that might be the only other industry and category where I'm like, uh, poetry? Maybe that's harder than dance. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I look at all the other Asians out here in America that are doing their thing, and I'm like, okay, okay. But poetry, I'm like, I don't know if I can complain anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> props, man. Yeah. Just, but just saying, like, you, you doing the Japanese track, you know, um, the, the moves that you might make, the connections that you have to your heritage or, or, or even just the region. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I believe in that. Anybody who uh, is, 
I, I don't know. I just feel like I need to say this. Anybody who is of whatever, it doesn't matter if you're Asian or black or whatever, like we live in a time where we can connect with other people across the world easier than ever before. Mm-hmm. It's easier to fly over to another country, you know what I'm saying, than, than, than what it once was and, and be able to connect with different people. So um, it's a time almost for... I don't know. I, I feel almost like this uh, manifest destiny of like my parents. Yeah, they came over here and worked their ass off and sacrificed in order to give me opportunity. I can go back to where they came from to make strides that like maybe they never could. You know what I mean? Like, and it's it's not to say that that's what I have to do. It's just to say that it's possible yeah. uh, for for everybody out there. You know what I mean? You can find success, and it doesn't have to be where you are. Right. Right. Yeah, I feel like right. somehow making it out here it, it, it creates your credibility. To go back home yep. and just be dope to them. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, he made it out there. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, that's a funny thing how it works that way. It is. It's crazy. I, I think it's just dope to also just keep pushing the Eastern envelope. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to keep um, being honest. Being honest yeah. and, and just, you know, you know, encouraging people to think about their whole framework differently yeah um you know this is a very western framework we live in and there's great elements to it and there's a lot of negative elements to it too so maybe if we think of if since the world is becoming globalized let's take advantage of kind of the resources that are there and the people that we know who come from these other areas of the world who may have life figured out in different right. ways. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You know. So I mean, so on back onto the booty booty video though. So you had some dancers get down in there. Oh, yeah. You know, was that was were you a part of that? Were you getting no. down? Okay. I so mean, everybody was masked up. I was, I was like, are these changes or what's, <laughs> what's going on? I wish I was a dancer, man. When I was, you know, when I was eleven, I wanted to, you know, pop. That's when the hey. shit was really. Yeah. I see a little crazy, bit. I see know? a little yeah. bit yeah. right here. Okay. Oh, oh, there's oh, real practice. This is where we need video, you guys. I so I see a team. I see myself for show. This is where we need video. And on some real shit, I really want to get trained. You know, yeah. I, 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 on some real shit, and and trying to figure out, like, and I beatbox a little bit. Like I'm trying to, like, you know, try to kind of round out the performative elements of what I can do on stage, but. I wanted to be the kid in the, the Asian kid in Missy's videos, you know, like that's what I wanted to be when yeah. I was a child. It yeah. was like I, we sent tapes into her and everything, and like it, Damn. you know. Also, you legit wanted to be that for kid. real, you bro. Sent like, an audition for tape. real, okay, bro. Wow. I was like, I was like, she ain't shit. <laughs> and uh, and that so as I've gotten into making music videos, it's like, yo, of course, like. Missy's probably my biggest. If I think of a rap music video in my head, the first thing that comes up is probably Missy. The illest video, and it's yeah. just like I I want to not bring that back, but I want to incorporate that as a as something that's true to my life and, yeah. and how I came up loving hip hop was just watching people dance. Yeah, and uh, I remember like before YouTube, just coming across some clip of some dude gliding, you know, yeah. and I was just like. What? It was just yeah. like the craziest <laughs> yeah. shit I ever seen. Watching old mic clips and yeah. and so. Uh, you know, the cat crumping in North Cac was, mm. uh, I went to high school with Native. Okay. And I didn't know he was so heavily involved in the crump community. You know, he's ahead for, mm-hmm. you know, most cats that crump around the world know, mm-hmm. know Ryan. So that was just kind of a natural coincidence. And then North Cac, just because of the kind of record it, it is, it kind of infiltra- infiltrated a lot of dance communities. And a lot of people were where you know Lando did yeah, a video Lando for it, and I didn't it. know Lando like that at that point, and mm-hmm. and just a lot of different folks were kind of 
were rocking with it. And so yeah. I realized that, yeah, I need to honor, I need to honor the, you know, the, the, the BPM of, of dance tracks. And yeah. I want to honor like, hey. you know, I don't want to make That's club bangers, but I want to make music that automatically makes people move. That's and, tight. Um, and so, so yeah, naturally in the videos, I like to try to showcase dancers and um, I try to make it happen. So what's up, man? When, when are we doing the thing, dude? I don't know. Y'all are out of my tax bracket, though, bro. You know what I mean? So, you, know, you know, checks and balances. Yeah. Um, well, no, no, I mean, you're going to have to hand yeah. us over some bars, and then we'll hand you over some news. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. At that point, that's what collaboration is about. Right? Hi. Oh, shit. Hi. Yeah, one day, man. One day, one day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of bars, though, you, you got any poetry or what you want to share with any of our listeners? I got, I got some some oh, bars. Okay. I got a little bars, a little poetry. Let's go. Y'all can't beatbox, can not Can't nobody beatbox. Not, not good. Nah, I can nah. do it really in a really funny way, <laughs> but I'm not gonna do it because it's a serious. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, AKA no, no beatboxes in the room today. Um, <laughs> should you just hear acapella or something? Acapella, yeah, yeah. acapella. Drop right, it. Babe, I got a couple bars and shit. Um, should it be? Should it be like? Narrative, or it should be like just yes, bar. Bar. It's been a bottle. It's been a bottle. I got you. I got you. Okay. Um, check it. Hell is hot and it's dark out. Primitive minds and advanced weapons. Check it. Nirvana seeming too far now. I'm trading suicidal thoughts with Biggie Smalls and Ann Sexton. They on that gang shit. Gaza West Bank shit. Different generations fighting for the same shit. We've been watching paint dry just to see that paint chip and answer questions like what kind of killing should be sanctioned. Shit, it's the basics. It's a thin line between the sinners and the sages, the gremlins and the angels. A coin got two faces. And what I mean to say is that the Hiroshima bombing was Korean liberation. Fuck it. I seen my brother take a drug that moved his eyes back his soul shrunk and he couldn't get his mind back then i realized what i write gives light so i put him in my rhyme and thought his soul could get its shine back but check it the term china man is kind of out of hand I seen you catch my drift, that's why you chiming in. I sequel accomplishments every time I win. Got caught up in all that cauliflower and collider pin. The fast life we hope good and bad to get equalized. I don't think of time, you're mostly I just think in rhyme. The flow is Moses when he shows the prophecy revised. I see the tide, say the word and watch the sea divide. It's mathematics, a microphone with an abacus. I turn a callus into a catalyst. I'm snapping if the tortoise leave the hair behind. Historic equals hand to God. The sight of Buddha idolized. The portal reaches higher ground. Add up all the lazy days and store the weeks inside a pile of hopes and dreams that never ra- made it raisins we forgot about shit shout them out yo yo shout them out tell them that we got that flame and never put our fire out hey damn okay. <laughs> yeah that was crazy i closed my eyes and i got mic like headphones on i felt like i was transcending <laughs> <laughs> that's how good that was holy damn. crap word i felt Peace. my heart elevate man that, that, was it. that was it. Cross table shout out. Right Holy crap. G Yamaza. Man. man. Yeah, man. I do. Love, you know what? A good word to describe that is poetry and, and, and all its its beauty and all its cliche. There was there was something about it that oh man, I, I really feel connected and hanging on to words when when you spit them, dude. It, it's Thank not you, just man. a good sound. It's it's I don't know. It's you're, you're a storyteller, man. Yeah. You're you're definitely saying something and I think um you know that that translates into any kind of art form. I mean, there's in dance you could just slap a bunch of cool moves together and then and have it right. say nothing, right? Or or actually uh, put in some time. You know, put in some time to think about even uh, from the type of song that you want to you know create to to what is the movement quality that I want to showcase here. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, bro, I, I can I can see that you really put a lot of uh, 
thought to say at the least, but I mean, uh, more than thought, I feel like you're really trying to say something. You're really trying to push a message and, um, just appreciate it, man. Cause there's not a, there's not a lot of that right now. You know, there's just a lot of noise, a lot of hype, you know what I'm saying? And, and not to say there's anything wrong with that, but there, it's just great to know that there's a place uh, or there, there, there are people who are coming from a place of like, yeah, it's, it's really important to say something, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. That's what it is, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, bro. You got you got fire in there, bro. That's yeah, dope. man. You got Honor fire to be here there. at the dojo, man. Yeah, the, yeah. The dojo. Appreciate Dang, you being man. here. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Just mad, mad support to you. I just want to let you know. You know what I mean. Coming in here, we got your back. You know what I'm Thank saying. Kinjas, I'm super excited to see where you go, see what you do. I'm excited to get down with you and, and work with you in different ways, slash hang in different ways, slash just learn about life in different ways. You know what I'm saying. So. Um, Damn, I was fired to be honest. Yeah. So blessed to, <laughs> yeah. to be able to have your words out. It was here. crazy, yeah. Yeah. absolutely yeah, that, that's crazy. Just, just, yeah. that's, that's you sharing your art. You know what I mean. Yeah. And for us to to be able to sit in this small ass room, you know, yeah. small audience, but you know, hopefully the people out there got a chance to connect to not what you said, but where it came from. You know what I mean, like and how you said yeah. it. So right. thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, for thank sure. You. Thank you. So what's what's next though? What do you what do you is there any like projects you're working on or um, what's going on? Yeah, the album's supposed to drop October fifth. Okay. Um, I'm supposed to be doing a show in L. A. October 18th. Okay. Um, fuck at the mint or peppermint or something like that with Zoe. Y'all know Zoe? Yeah, I know Zoe. Spearmint maybe. No, Spearmint. He's <laughs> <laughs> like this. Fuck. Is someone with a rhino? So I just came back from Vegas. Um. Yeah, so that's happening on the 18th. Maybe okay. stay tuned for that. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just working, man. I'm just kind of, and now I'm excited to just enjoy LA. Yeah, and just kick yeah. it, man. Just go out and and peep shit. I want to go to some like some like Fast and Furious street racing shit. That <laughs> I didn't realize oh, that shit is real. Like, and it's actually probably they say it's more intense than the movies, bro. Like they say this shit out here is. Dang, you know something I don't. I've never seen that out I here. Haven't, I haven't seen that since like the nineties. Yeah, though, that was bro. big in the nineties for sure. Nuts. I heard social media got it going crazy now oh, too. Shoot. Like, okay. you know the the. Anyways, this is we're gonna have to dig into that. Hey, speaking of social media, throw throw some of your handles real quick, just in case anybody wants to follow you, learn about you, hear your hear your music, or or find out stuff. Yeah, find me everywhere at G Amazawa. It's G Y A M A Z A W A. Um, Yeah, everywhere: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Don't worry, I'll link to that in the show notes. That's what's up, man. You got time for a little lightning round, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a little quick one. What's we do this thing round? like a lightning round where we just ask you a bunch of questions and you, you don't have to answer them hella fast, okay, but we okay. really want you to oh, answer shit. them kind of fast <laughs> okay. because we have a lot of questions. <laughs> no, we don't have a lot of questions. It varies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, <Great. laughs> Are you going to count us in, Charlie? What? Are you going to count us in? Do I usually count this in? You kind of do. Oh, I do? I don't remember. Ever All right, anyway. This count us in, Charlie. <laughs> Oh, let's begin. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, best rapper of all time, Pac. Woo! Favorite Missy video. Oh fuck! Uh, the trash bag jump. What was? Which one? Was that? Oh, uh, the rain. I, I can't think it's the stand rain. The rain. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, favorite word to use. Hard. Favorite word to use in poetry. Ribs. <laughs> <laughs> or That's bones amazing. or some shit. Yeah, yeah probably bones. Ribs. That's Ribs. Really tight. What was the first album you ever bought? Nelly. Country Nelly. Grammar. Okay. Country Grammar. Country Grammar. Money. Yeah. Was fire. Uh, what is the what is the worst thing about social media? Um, the worst shit about social media is I think celebrity culture 
gets intensified and also like meme like meme form inspiration that's actually terrible life advice. <laughs> it gets thousands of retweets, yeah. and I'm like, this is terrible life advice. Oh, Hell yeah. yeah shit like that's that. good, shit man. Like that, yeah. All right, who just needs to put the mic down? Who just needs to put the mic down? Yeah. It's hard for me. I can't say that. Well, I can't. I can't. Yeah, probably Trump. Oh. oh. Yes. That, is a, that is a big mic drop moment right there. Favorite Asian dancer. <laughs> I don't want you to say Kendra's. <laughs> oh my! Damn, I don't. I can't. Probably this little kid, uh, Baby Street Beast. He's Baby a crumper oh, from okay. Japan. Oh. He's like this probably nine year old kid that's Sick. just buck, just crazy. Oh, yeah. I've been following him on, kid. on Instagram. Favorite sure. all Asian dance group named Kendra's. <laughs> <laughs> what is Kendra? Uh, just kidding. Uh, dream collab. Who'd you want to collab with? Little John. Lil, Lil John. John. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Uh, dead or alive, you can have dinner with somebody. Dead or alive, who are you having dinner with? Mm. Gandhi? Gandhi. That's Gandhi. good. That's a good, good one. one. I don't know. He's kind of controversial. I don't know. I don't know if it would be Gandhi. <laughs> Maybe Mike? Michael Jackson? I think oh, that's no. also technically kind of controversial. But <laughs> <we're not direct. laughs> hey, this is lightning round. It's off the top. Uh, favorite <laughs> restaurant in L.A.? Um, I like going to Mitsuwa, bro. Oh, Mitsuwa, oh, oh, yeah. I just like going to the cafeteria yeah. feel of as where I first started going. That's Santuka ramen, though. Spicy miso, baby. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's bomb, uh, dude. Santuka. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Whatever. Eminem <laughs> or MGK? Ooh. Oh man, M. That's gotta be M. Yeah. Oh, we're which M. Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> hey, want to be clear. Eminem. Just want to be clear. MGK's joint was tight, and I'm, yeah. I, I, I was like, I hate his corny hats too. It was like I, that that line it just gives me sure. so much joy. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> fucking corny hats, man. But M is M is M, man. As yeah. much as I don't like his music since Encore, it's just like it's this is M, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. What's up, man? Yeah. Um, something that you would wish people did more of. Uh, love themselves, love themselves in in a healthy you know, in a healthy way. Yeah, I guess. Oh well, I think that leads us right into uh, golden rule, man. What is like your golden rule, your life mantra, how you live? Some there's something I've I've gathered is I've always loved my art, and I've loved art more than money, and I've always loved people more than art. So I've kind of lived by that for sure, where my art always is, is more important than the money is, and the people involved with the forms and people in general will always trump the art itself. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of how I live as far as on a – especially in my career. Um, well said. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Well said. Yeah. That's dope. Well, gee, dude, thanks for hopping on the show, man. man. I can't thank y'all really enough, man. This has um, been really Yeah, dope. big fans of your music, and I know you're just getting started, man, and I can't thank wait you, to man. see just all the, the stuff that you put out there. And just even chatting with you, I think I, I have that much more of a respect and a support for what to expect, you know, you coming out. 
And uh, I mean, yeah, you're doing your thing, putting Asians on the map, keeping us on the map, you know, and, and doing it in a, obviously in a different platform from what we're doing. But I mean, respectively, we're just kind of doing our things in our own worlds. Right. And, and more and, importantly, uh, putting art on the map. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so and we thank appreciate y'all for you having man. me, man. Y'all didn't have to do this, so I, I yeah. I well, you owe us lunch now. You didn't know about that. There's <laughs> <laughs> four motherfuckers in here. That's <laughs> the rule. That's the rule. Let's do it. Yeah, we appreciate um, you, man. Hey, yeah, hey, thank you, bro. Thank you. Ginger Bright.